Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this new episode of Redefining Wellness. I'm super, super excited about it. February, guys, it's love month. And so often we get to February and people are like, okay, where's my love life at? What am I thinking? What's my growth? Who can I meet? Why hasn't th- haven't things happened yet? And it's just like pressure, pressure, pressure. And so in this episode, I actually want to talk about what are some of the things that cruise on around in our head about love that add unnecessary pressure and don't help us turn up in the right way. Because love is a really big part of wellness. When we feel love for ourselves, we can love other people properly. And we feel so much more joy. We feel far more confident when people are proud of us, when people want to show us off. Not just because we look pretty or handsome, but because of who we are. And it makes us feel super confident when people want to put their trust in us too. When people want to let their boundaries, uh, not their boundaries, let their their walls down. Um, because we feel like we are valuable to somebody else. And that makes us feel incredible. And that's kind of put on a loudspeaker in our mind in February because everyone knows when Valentine's Day is coming or not, whether or not people are like against Valentine's Day or for it, you can't miss it because there's that much like volume around the advertising that is Valentine's Day. And so I want to talk about what are those things that go off in our head about love and relationships. And the first thing I want to say to you is Every single one of us has a story about relationships and love. We have an idea about what love is and isn't. We have an idea about what a relationship is and isn't. And we have to ask ourselves whether those ideas are empowering or not. We have to ask ourselves whether they stop us from meeting people or not. Now, Years ago, I used to have this sort of, well, I used to have this idea that there's only a certain type of man that could be attracted to me. I couldn't figure out what that person looked like, what that person did, how that person behaved, but I just knew that when I saw a particular type of man, that kind of man would not be interested. And the kind of man I was talking about is a man that, you know, has a six pack, is incredibly fit, is insanely good looking. I just thought that is, that kind of person is just not on the cards for me, not in my lifetime. And I hadn't become a confidence coach at that point in time, but I had decided that in my head, that that is something that I just simply can't have. And I share that with you because I hear this all the time. I hear, I simply can't have that, or that person's not for me, or that person wouldn't want me. Um, And it's just not true. I learned by allowing myself to see the possibility of somebody who I previously thought would be, you know, a 10 and not interested in me, um, be able to like me and be allowed to like me, change my entire view on love and relationships and even attraction. And that should be a really important lesson for anyone listening to this especially those people that are single, but even those people that are currently in relationships. Because I believe that there's a lot of people that are in relationships that don't even feel like they deserve the person that they're with. And it has a massive impact 
on how confident and loving they are in their relationship because there is so much more they can give. There is so much more at ease they could be with the person they are with if they simply believe that who they have is who they deserve. And a lot of these thoughts and and perceptions and beliefs and attitudes we have about love and relationships come up because of societal beliefs and thoughts and crap that are in movies um, that change our idea of what love actually is away from being what is real to what actually is which by the way what is is so much better than what uh, what is in movies and you'll hear people say like that chick is such a lovely chick why did she pick that fella who's not as good looking or vice versa how did those two people meet how are those two people possibly attracted to each other and people will think this without even questioning how are they like how are they compatible for each other what chemistry do they have do they turn up for each other all the time the things that make a relationship stick and work and i think the biggest shift in your mindset around love and relationships got to come from, am I thinking about juvenile love and relationships or are I thinking about adult love and relationships? Now, I'm not sure about you, but for me, I knew that the kind of things that I wanted to watch, the kind of things that I wanted to listen to, and even the things that put me at ease and made me be a little bit more relaxed were not necessarily the greatest for helping me in terms of my my values, perceptions and attitudes towards love and relationships. Because I love a rom-com, but rom-coms are not realistic. You know, you can pick any kind of rom-com and you'll realise that somebody does something that's not appropriate, that completely breaks a boundary, that's really rude or disrespectful, could even be cheating, for example, and yet that relationship's still perfect. They still get married in the last five, ten minutes of the movie. It's the most beautiful wedding ever And everyone gets along like a house on fire. And we all know it's BS, but subliminally, do we really? Because it's the subliminal messages that we take in to other places. If we ask ourselves, how many times have we seen a movie where we have like a Thor with somebody who's who we consider to be far less attractive or the other way around? We don't really see it. And in this day and age also, if we do see things like that, we do see like an interracial couple or something, we, we just boil it down to, oh, they've got to show that because they've got to show be shown to be an inclusive instead of actually maybe these two people have really great chemistry, really great compatibility, choose each other all the time and the connection is the bomb. And so I encourage you to challenge what values, beliefs and perceptions you have around love and relationships. You know, there are so many that exist right now. And I think if we put an emphasis in February on focusing on what of my perceptions, values and attitudes on love's, love um, love, and relationships, then I can make February be a month where I really bust some bullet, bullshit in my own head. For example... Some women have an idea about what men must do and some men have an idea about what women must do in relationships. Um, There is an idea around, you know, uh, frequency of sex, that intimacy, uh, that sex is the only kind of intimacy that can be had. Um, That conversation, certain conversations only happen at a certain time in a relationship. 
um, that going slow is something that is, you know, old fashioned and unnecessary. You know, I talked to a few people recently who talked about how when they first started dating their husband or their wife, they didn't have sex for like six months or more. And to me, I was like, wow, that's actually really unique. And I don't actually find it to be particularly unique because I've had a relationship in the past where there was no sex at all whatsoever. Um, But you don't hear people often talking about the fact that there was no physical intimacy on the cards. You know, they could hold hands, they could kiss, but there was no sex at all whatsoever. In fact, often in social groups, that kind of slowness in a relationship will be poo-pooed. It will be talked about as being immature. It'll be talked about as being teenaged. But it's actually a lot more mature, a lot more difficult, a lot harder to do than people think because the easy way out is we learn about each other hard, fast, quick, and it's over and done with. But the question is, What is the beauty in slowness and what is the beauty in doing things quickly? You know, I'm a firm believer in that you don't say, uh, for example, that I've known someone for five years, so I'm definitely going to know them better than someone I've known for six months. I think that's incredibly wrong. The quality of the conversation can be entirely different. The willingness for people to open up can be entirely different. So putting a space on or putting a a label rather on the time and space people spend together and saying what is adequate and what is inadequate is completely inappropriate but yet when we talk about love and relationships we'll go all these people have been together for two months and now they're getting married how inappropriate well maybe that really depends on how long They've been together, learning about each other, having deep conversations, whereas the people that have been together for five years, maybe they've been small talking for three and a half of that or longer and they've only just started to open up and incredibly slowly. So maybe their actual growth in those conversations and those two different couples is exactly the same, just on completely different timelines. And we have to challenge ourselves to think these things. We have to challenge ourselves to go, well, why do we have that opinion? Do we have that opinion because it's something that, you know, that we just wouldn't do? Um, Or that's the way that we want to see things be done. And I think the important thing is to remember how our views change over time as well. And to think about the possibility of well, not the possibility, to think about the reality of what an actual real adult relationship is. I've been learning a lot about um, attachment theory for quite some time. And I mean, I'm not a relationship coach, but I find it very interesting and also incredibly helpful um, assisting clients with understanding how they behave in their different relationships, from working relationships to actual romantic relationships based on relationships they've often had in their families and attachment theory helps a lot with that because a lot of um, the way we become attached to people comes back to childhood and our experiences during childhood and learning about attachment theory is very very interesting about the way we are anxiously attached or 
we are avoidantly attached to people it helps us unlock a lot more about why we do the things that we do and bring a bigger picture to how we can be a better person in a relationship and how we can heal ourselves so that we aren't anxious or that we aren't avoidant in relationships and that work is individual work and that's the other thing that we need to ask when we're questioning ourselves about or or trying to think in a more expanded view about what love and relationships are once we're in a relationship are we still thinking about doing the individual work that we need to do to make ourselves well in that relationship you know i was on internet dating a while ago and I'm not on it now, I haven't been on it for a while now, but one of the things I mentioned that makes a really good relationship is open communication and two individuals working on themselves and also working with each other in the couple relationship. And it's probably pretty heavy-handed to have an internet dating profile, let's be real here, and I'm sharing a fair bit with you right now, but you know, I want to ask you, do you consider that? Do you think about the importance of you working on what you need to do to meet that person where they need to be met? You know, I think about myself and the fact that in terms of my love language, I need quality time. And that quality time could be knowing that that person's spending a little bit of time out of their day to think of me or or that when they're with me that they're not on their phone um, and they're paying full attention to me otherwise I pull back but not everyone is the same and me pulling back shows an, an anxious attachment to okay I'm going to uh, um, an anxious attachment well an anxious and an avoidant attachment and avoidant attachment if I feel anxious that It's not going to happen or the opposite where I go, what's happening? What have I done? Why aren't you communicating and freaking out? And you can keep turning up in relationships where you keep behaving in that same way and keep having the same arguments with your partner um, or the person that you're seeing or whatnot. Or you can go, yeah, we're in a relationship. We choose each other. Because we really like each other and we want to do life together. Or at least for this part of our life so far, we want to do life together until we figure out if we want to do life beyond together. But I still want to choose to focus on this thing that makes me nervous. And that's really hard work. And so in February, I really encourage people to redefine the month instead of thinking about what am I going to get for a Valentine's gift? But thinking about how can I ground myself more? How can I? How can I? Um, how can I be that person who shows up better in a relationship? What do I need to do to make sure that the arguments that we've had in the past aren't arguments that we're going to have in the future, or that I'm more confident in the way that we are when we're together, or that. I am making sure I maintain my life while I'm wanting to have my life with somebody else. Because Valentine's Day is essentially a day. And as so many people say, you know, it's just a day. Like, don't put making a fuss about it. You can show someone that you love them every single day. But you can show someone that you love them every single day by two things. One, 
being affectionate to them, showing them how you care about them in their love language, but also showing them that you care about them by focusing on you and what you need to fix and what you need to do. And it is not perfect. You know, I will be the first person to say that I cringe um, at the fact that I am definitely imperfect at trying to get it right. And I frustrate the crap out of myself that I am trying to get things right and trying to push down freaking out and trying to remain calm when all I want to do is, you know, know that I'm all good. But by the same token, when I'm freaking out or whatnot, I'm not being present and enjoying like, this is great, right? This is really great. Like, that's the question that I want to ask you as well. When you're thinking about February, when's the last time you've been present with how much you love and care about yourself? When's the last time you've stopped and thought, wow, this person that's in my life is effing amazing. They give me things that other people don't give me. And I don't mean like physical things. I mean, they give me things that I not only want, but that I need, that make me feel great. And that's why I want to be around them. That's why I want to try and be better. These are the questions I think are so much more important to ask than what am I getting my love for Valentine's Day? And they're more long lasting as well. But also on the flip side, if we put this effort into someone for those that are on the earlier stages of dating or whatnot, if we put effort into someone, but we're still working on ourselves and trying to be better at being attached in a positive way instead of an anxious or avoidant way. Um, and we're meeting somebody where we're at and we feel confident knowing that who we have and who chooses us, no matter who they are, we 100% deserve. Then the fear alleviates it's still a risk to love and it's still a chance you're going to get hurt and that still might be scary but you still have all the tools and all the strategies and all that love for yourself to know that okay this might hurt like shit if this doesn't work at some point in time not that I'm planning that to be that way or whatnot but I have all the skills that I've been learning about myself along the way. I've got all the lessons I've learned from being with this person that if this doesn't work, I can take it to the person that is the right person. And that's really important. The other thing is to also ask yourself in February, what effort do I put in? What effort do I put in? Can you honestly say that you put in effort that is decent? Because it's interesting, you know, when you hear people, and and you could just go to a coffee shop and hear it, when you hear people talk about their relationships and somebody else being annoyed and them being annoyed, I guarantee you every single person listening to this podcast will go, I've been at a coffee shop or I've been at a bar or I've been out walking around in flipping bunnings or something where I've heard a couple talk about somebody not coming to the party and then effort not being matched. 
And this is the thing. When you're in a relationship, it's about matching the effort. It's not about about saying like, I'm better than you. I'm not going to match the effort because I'm right or you need to work harder. It's about matching the effort. And thinking about it as like a piggy bank, you know. I put a dollar in, you put a dollar in. You put $2 in, I put $2 in. And it being even in that way. It might not be even every single day. It might be more effort from someone one day, less effort from someone the next, more effort the following day. And over a week, it balances itself out. And that makes people feel well and joyful and content in their relationship and satisfied. But it's evened out. Um, I think of my very first serious relationship when I speak of that because um, evening things out in a relationship can become so fickle, it's ridiculous. And that's when you know that your relationship is not genuine. And so if you're focusing on evening things out but not from a place of genuinely wanting to make the other person feel good, then you need to rethink about why you're considering doing this. But for example... This is this is a not a good way to do it. My very first serious boyfriend felt like a good way for us to, you know, put in effort with each other was we'd both plan dates, we'd both pay for the date, and we'd swap turns. We didn't realise, well I certainly didn't realise at the time, that we both had different ideas about what a date was. For me, a date is you get dressed up, you spend an effort you know, going to a nice place because that effort is part of the quality time and you enjoy that time together and then you go home and that's it, you know. But the guy I was seeing at the time, you know, he would book like Maccas and I would think like we're not like picking up food on the way home from like soccer training or something like that's that's and I'm not dressing up for Maccas. Like, I'll, I'll go in my bloody PJs. <laughs> and so we had a mismatch in terms of value there and understanding around effort. But I brought it up at one point in time and I remember sort of saying, like, I don't really want to dress up. Like, I want to dress to the level of where we're going. So if we're going to Maccas, I don't want to dress to the hills to go to Maccas and buy a cheeseburger. Like, it just... I'm not being a spoiled brat, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, the following time that he was due to go, due to have his turn of paying for the dinner date, we went somewhere that was really expensive. Um, and the next time I thought, well, you know, I actually just want pizza. He probably won't be bothered because when it was his turn last time, he did... Maccas so we're you know we're still even we're still on par so I organized pizza and I think like a picnic in a nice place to go to like picnic rug a nice place to go to and he wasn't impressed and he started telling me about like adding up the money about the places we'd been to um and that it wasn't equivalent and this is what I mean this is a non-example if you're trying to put in effort 
and it comes to a point where you're so finicky whether it's about finances or down to the minutes of time or something like that, then you're not focused on the relationship. In fact, you probably don't care about the relationship much. And whatever is the actual issue, you need to address it. And that actual issue might be you both totally are not suited for each other or whatsoever. The actual issue might be that there's something completely else going on in a relationship and you need to come to a proper agreement about what works. It could be something else entirely but you've got to define what it is but if you're making effort match it because you care and value this other person make the effort because you want to or if there's going to be a difference in what effort looks like talk about it that's probably the last thing I want to speak about in this episode is with love and relationships there's also perceptions values and beliefs about sex and where sex should be at what role it should play in a relationship, the importance of it and whatnot. And it's really important that that's unpacked. And there's not many people that at least share with you anyway um, that there is a conversation about sex before sex is being had in relationships. And it's really important because... If there is a mismatch around sex, especially when before people are exclusive in relationships, then it can lead to a lot of pain that can't be fixed particularly easily. So understanding what sex means to the other person, understanding the frequency of the way that they want sex, understanding what they need in sex, understanding why they need it, how comfortable they're going to get with things how willing they are to try things is really important because it's so common for people to start a relationship and suddenly they're having sex but they've not had these discussions and then they feel like the other person doesn't meet meet their needs but that can easily be avoided by treating it like just whether you like the person or not, like actually getting to know the person first, getting to know whether their sexual habits, desires, and the way they think about sex is even anything like you. Um, and I think particularly in a fluid, in a fairly fluid society now, it's different than from years ago. I mean, we've always had people of different sexual orientations and, and there's always been, at least certainly when I was a teenager and a young adult, um, a, a push for women to be um, across both genders a little bit and that made them more sexy. And a lot of women had to stand strong and say, no, like I don't want to make out with another chick. But there has to be those hard conversations because there's a big difference between somebody in a relationship having a fantasy versus actually needing that to be fulfilled in order for them to be happy. And these things don't have to be found out about on the first date, but there's a beauty to that slowness of time where sex doesn't have to be the very first thing into knowing that because that protects our wellness also. You know, we have the relationships that we want by design We have the communication that we want by design. And this is the thing that can be pretty disheartening too. As I was talking about before, you need to ask yourself, what is the work that you are doing on yourself to make sure you are the best person you could be in the relationship you're in right now? 
or in the la- in the relationship you want to be in. Now, sometimes when you're thinking about that, you go, crap, I'm not turning up the way that I want to turn up. I've had that conversations with myself. And you've got to try again. And sometimes you worry that if sometimes you worry that what you're doing and the effort that you're doing to try and make it better is not enough, not good enough. And you kind of break your own heart a little bit because you really know that probably realistically you could have tried a little bit harder to improve a little bit better, a bit quicker. And that is on nobody else but you. But the point is, are you then going to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, this time where I was anxious, was avoidant, was panicked, didn't communicate well, um, what are the other common things in relationships, um, got a bit snaky, got jealous, got bitter, um, got quick to anger far too easily, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and say, that's not happening anymore. Like, that's my shit. I'm dealing with my shit. And I'm going to make sure that in my time on my own, I'm doing that. Now, if you live with your person that you are seeing or that you're in a relationship with, you're married to, obviously, you probably live with them, but you have to carve out that time yourself. And this is why it's so important to ask yourself, not just in February, but any time of the year, how am I keeping my life separate to my love's life? Because it's not about, you know, so often when I say that, people go, oh, but then you're not really together. Yes, you are. You don't have to get together every second of every minute of every day. Being well in a relationship is knowing how to be well together and how to be well apart. And... That being well apart means being well apart in a sense that you're, you look after yourself, but also being well apart from the fact that you're okay when they are not there. You're okay with them going out with the boys. You're okay with them going out with the girls and you go, don't get jealous, bitter, or angry and cause a big ruckus. You're okay with that. You give them space. So that they can also do what they need to do, which is the same thing as what I'm telling you right now, which is like thinking about what they need to do to be well and better in the relationship. And I think one of the perfect examples, perfect is probably not the right word. One of the greatest examples um, of this is um, Lisa Billiou and her husband, Tom. I probably said her surname wrong then, but they even do podcasts together where they talk about where they, you know, had their ego get in the way, where they were rude to each other, where they both had to change the way they were in their relationship. But what kept the same was they had individual lives, they had their couple life, and they chose each other time and time again. And very similar to that as well, one of my fa- my favorite personal development people ever says exactly exactly the same thing also and that is the author of live like a monk jay shetty him and his wife they are open with each other when they suck at things when they're good at things how they need to be better at things and 
it's turning those ideas, beliefs, perceptions that I started this podcast episode about into into it being about like a romanticized love, into it being a partnership that has love. Because a partnership is work. We're working on it. We're doing it together. Um, and because we work on it together, that's how we show each other love. So it's really important, hopefully you can see now from what I've I've shared with you to sort of un- unpack that. And maybe when you unpack that and when you come to Valentine's Day, you'll think completely differently about what love means, what relationships mean and how you can be in love and what you're going to accept for yourself. Because I can promise for you that from what I've learned from my own experience, which is like over six years old now, but having this belief that some people can't love you because of who you think you are, it is definitely going to be one of the reasons why people won't love you in the way that you want them to. And I had to have a very serious conversation with myself many years ago now that thinking like that is go- is the reason why I was single. And was the reason why that person did not want to stay with me. And that was not anything to do with their fault. That was all to do with me. And you can't fix those kinds of beliefs or attitudes that somebody has. They are relationship-destroying beliefs. And that's why it's important to ask yourself, how, how can I be well in myself when it comes to thinking about love and relationships, how can I be well in this relationship I'm in right now? How can I be well being single? You know, I I did a retreat with Matthew Harsey last year. Totally recommend. I'm going to do it again. Um, I'm going to do it even when I'm married. I'm going to do it because he's so good at what he does. Um, just to get you to reconnect with yourself. And I think what he teaches is so timeless Um, And also, I mean, I teach a lot of what he talks about. But when you're a coach yourself, you need a coach. Like, you need a coach to get you to think outside of your own head. Because you need someone who highlights your blind spots. Um, And I do that for people. And for me, Matthew Hussey does that for me. And I think... When he was talking and sharing things, I had a massive breakthrough during his um, massive breakthrough during his retreat. That for a long time I used to have this fear about coming to Christmas time and being um, being single. Like I just expected that it wasn't going to happen, and I kind of mentally pre- well, I did. I mentally prepared myself for being lonely at Christmas, and I I realized I had done that for. 17 years like I'd done that since I was 18 basically because even when I was in relationships with people I just expected that they didn't want to see me for Christmas and that was a belief that screwed me over for 17 years 17 years and even through being a confidence coach you know I had um relationships with people who 
was very half-assed at Christmas time. And if I believe that people um, didn't want to be with me at Christmas, why would they choose to be? And why would I think that I would suddenly have someone who wants to be with me at Christmas and wants to share their family with me and all that kind of stuff if, if for 17 years it was a big part of, well, not 17 years, 16 years actually, it was a big part of me making my own reality come true. So last year, and I think this is amazing, so I want to share with it. Last year was the first time I never felt like being single at Christmas was a bad thing. That's a long time to wait to feel like that. And I think that's an important message to share before I finish this episode because I think some people felt that way about Valentine's Day. I think sometimes they get to Valentine's Day and they think, excuse the language, fuck, like I've been single for X amount of years on Valentine's Day. I'm never going to have a Valentine's Day with anyone. Not true. Just not true. But it's 100% true that if you believe that that's going to be the case, your mind will make it that way. Or you'll meet people that will half-ass it and make it that way. And you have to be very careful of it, you know, I had such a great Christmas last year. It was so nice to not even have a build-up of feeling negative or bad or not even have this, like, anxiety about how sad I would be on Christmas because I just didn't even feel it. It was so good. It was so good. And now that I've had that experience for the first time in my adult life, that's really sad to say that, but that's reality. For the first time in my adult life, there's no way in hell I'm going to go back to thinking like that again. And and also, might I share, because I now have experienced having Christmas where I actually don't give a shit about whether I'm single or taken, I actually know for a fact that I'm probably never going to have a Christmas again where I will actually be on my own because the first time I'm actually open fully to the possibility of not having someone in the year sometime and then then going before Christmas, but actually having someone permanently. And that's the thing is sometimes our beliefs around certain days we don't realize can actually be part of a bigger picture. And I've never shared that. And I thought that'd be maybe a weird thing to share as a, um, confidence coach but that's the that's the thing is is that sometimes we don't realize until somebody else gives us an insight into our blind spots why we're stopped for doing from doing different things and we need to be open to what those things are i'm not ashamed i mean i cried a lot when i had the breakthrough good old matthew hussey thank you very much um but then I just thought, well, holy shit, like, let's just have some freaking fun. Um, And there were so many other things tied to those thoughts and those beliefs about love and relationships that I had that just are gone and change so much of how I feel about things. And that's why I would challenge you to think about for yourself what I asked you at the beginning. What are those 
beliefs, attitudes, perceptions you have about love relationships and who can love you because you need to bust the lid on that. If you've not done it yet, do it. If you're sitting here listening to this thinking, well, shit, I don't need to do that because I'm married, then you're bloody wrong. You need to do it. You need to do it as well. You might need to do it more than people that are single because if you haven't done it before you got married, chances are there are some beliefs, attitudes, perceptions that might be impacting your relationship right now and your marriage could be so much better for addressing those. Don't need to be fearful about it. You just need to recognize that there is like an amazing amount of possibility for how great your relationship could be, what next level it could take by choosing to do that work. And I so hope you choose it because it's going to be such a powerful choice for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would share what you've learned from this episode. Take a screenshot of the episode and put it onto Instagram for me. I am at magnetically underscore confident. Looking forward to connecting with you soon. Thanks so much for listening. And you know what? Share a review if you'd like. I really love people to hear more from this season. So please go ahead, get sharing. And who knows? There might be a little surprise coming away for sharing the love. All right. Thanks so much. Ciao.